Hello and welcome to Vet Chloe on the Road. Insights from real people making positive change for our planet. I am Chloe, a veterinarian who has an interest in wildlife and all things environmental. And this is a show for people who would like to connect, learn and prioritize caring for our beautiful green and blue world. Come join me as I travel around Australia in my van Layla. Let's share all things conservation and meet all the inspiring environmental heroes along the way. And on today's podcast, after a month of having set off from Bondi in Layla the van, who was instrumental in this adventure, I thought I would do a podcast on her and the person that really helped me plan, create and build her and now travel and live in her, my dear brother, Oliver. Welcome to the show, bro. Hello, world. <laughs> Woo, hello back. Um, great to get you on here. Yep. Um, so Great to be here. <laughs> great to be here. And thank you for being here. Unfortunately, you have nowhere else to go, right? I don't, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's quite a good point. <laughs> um, so, apologies, listeners. I will probably relapse from being professional to uh, the older sis with, with Oliver here. Um but, you know, Oliver takes a lot of credit with the van. She is beautiful, and we are lucky to have shared this time together to build her and now enjoy her. Mm. Um, to give you um, a snapshot of where we are right now, we're in Early Beach. We're um, in a car park right next to the lagoon. Um, we've just had tea, haven't we? Um, that's the sound of a... Oh, what is that? Giant camper van <laughs> packing up full of... Uh, it makes us look small. I think they're Italians. They're, they're backing out. They look um, Italian. We had just started because um, this uns uns um, group of guys just left. Oh, the Germans are gone now. <laughs> we're playing some mega techno <laughs> all afternoon. All afternoon. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, so they've just gone. Um, so anyway, just to kickstart things, um, let's start with the basics, Oliver. Um, what yep. made you interested in converting a van? Uh, I, th- I think there, there are a lot of factors that feed into um into me wanting to or having the dream of doing something like this um i've always enjoyed design and building things and working on projects that have a real tangible and usable end product yeah um a friend of mine in the uk did a van conversion of his own last year Mm -hmm. which immediately made me want to do one too yeah um but also over the past few years i've been following the tiny house movement in the u.s quite Mm -hmm. closely um and now expanding uh, more globally actually but um so I guess when you hold those interests up next to each other, doing a van was a kind of tiny home mm-hmm. trial run of my own. Yeah. Um, it's also just a really fun and satisfying project to tackle, and especially being able to do it with my <laughs> sis. Big um, sis, member. Big sis. Top dog yeah. here. Top dog. <laughs> <laughs> doing it with top dog is also another thing. But um, yeah, uh. I, I, I also... Um, ideas of living more minimally and uh, with a lot more freedom and um, yeah. there's just so many things that feed into into making this project so appealing yeah. for me. Yeah, I must say a converted van also has a lot of attached values with it. Um, freedom, adventure, as you say, being minimal um, and just sort of maxing life it seems, you know, getting out there. There's so much um, less to worry about really. Yeah. I mean, we look after the van and our our small amount of possessions in it but you don't have to worry about much else and it creates so much more time for doing yeah more of the things you want to do it's just the obstacle getting the van together right so we'll chat at the end about um the experience of living in it um but there was a process in getting here we're now reaping the benefits of it um 
But, you know, even, again, to start from the very beginning, um, can you tell us a little about your professional background? So, um, you know, you were quite an ideal partner to have on this project. Uh, I, 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 guess, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> no, I've wanted to do something like this, like I say, over the last few years, really. So when you were suddenly going to do one, it was perfect for me. Yeah. The timing w worked out really well with, um, with, 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 my, with me career-wise. Um, but a uh, professional back, I, I went to Newcastle University in the UK, uh, completing a, my Bachelor of Science in Architecture, uh, returning home to Bermuda after that and worked for OBMI, a local architectural practice, yeah. for a year or so. Um, at that point, I decided to steer away from kind of the pure design side of buildings in the built environment and more towards the management of the build process. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, I went back to the UK uh, to Henley Business School at the University of Reading, um, did a master's in real estate, which got me a job with some large real estate service firms in London, Wow! Uh, yep. where I worked for a little over three years as a project manager. So suit and tie. Suit and tie. <laughs> crisp, crisp suit and tie. Nice. Uh, white collar shirts, a little stuffy, but uh, <laughs> this is different. Um, so the, I mean, the, it, was, it was an amazing experience. I got some amazing exposure to some huge projects. Yeah. Um, starting, starting in commercial office space fit-outs. Yep. Because um, you did that Beatles project, didn't you? Their um, old yeah. studio? Yeah. So in uh, in 2016, I moved to a strictly project management outfit, much smaller um, um, business. Okay. Which um, suited you, right? Yeah, suited me the smaller, less... Uh, the other firms I was working for were much larger mm -hmm. real estate services companies that did everything with regard to buildings, everything, everything under that umbrella, you know, commercial okay. leasing, um, valuations, development, every, everything to do with buildings they did. So yeah. the, the company I moved to just did project management and, okay. and building surveying actually. And that's what you did specifically, project management? Project management. And the reason uh, I moved to that company was because they offered me my first solo project, mm -hmm. uh, which was uh, the uh, refurbishment of uh, and a new build f of a studio for Abbey Road Studios. Right. So new build Dolby Atmos studio, really high spec acoustic studio where they can have an orchestra and um, yeah, you know record. Was a studio record. like this? It was a little <laughs> different. Um, We're having tea <laughs> yeah. Out, outside. Yeah. No. It was. It was. It was. It was a fantastic project and a really cool place to be. Really historic place, obviously, um, and um, amazing to be in mm. in studio two. Having meetings where mm. the Beatles recorded, you know, ninety-five oh, percent yeah. of their music. Um, so yeah, that was a really satisfying and amazing project to work on. A really, really cool one to finish to finish up. Um, yeah, a, a proud achievement of mine. Yeah, wow, what a varied um, background you have. And as you can see, you're poised for doing a converted band. You yeah. had to project manage me, right? Yes, and that was part of all it. the People disciplines management. here. People management. <laughs> expectations, right? <laughs> yes, Tell it to me straight. Surfboards in the van. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Um, and then you, um, you also have, you know, um, uh, skills on the sea, on the, on the ocean. You also have a passion for that, and you did that for... Um, a year back in Bermuda home. Yeah, uh, I think and that was prior I, to this, right? Yeah, the Abbey yeah. Road Studios project finished up, so it was a good time to cut away from that and return home to work with um, cousins on on a charter boat in Bermuda, which yeah. was great. So we went home for the America's Cup and yeah, and 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 stars did, did, just kept aligning, right? Yeah, and yeah. then um, so when I said I'm doing a van in Oz, yeah, aren't you come? <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. So um, as you can see, I mean. There's a lot to Oliver's skills, um, and it's taken him to many different places. Um, and but you know he just really enjoys 
getting on with the hands-on stuff. Um, so um, it's been very satisfying, hasn't it, this band mm. do up? Um, so for our listeners, can you tell us what kind of a van is Layla? And importantly, what are the dimensions that we're working with? What space have we got? Um, well, she is a to- 2009 Toyota Hyatt uh, petrol, yep. long wheelbase. Um, if you live in Australia or in Sydney, she is one of those white tradie vans that yeah, you see everywhere. Utility van everywhere. One uh, in ten or something crazy. Is well, that right? Well, well, that's what I think. Okay, yeah. Well, I <laughs> haven't got stats on that. <laughs> Uh, the one with the sliding door, the one that looks like you're going to be kidnapped in it, you know? Yeah, it was a pretty bog-standard <laughs> van, but there's so many of them, and there are, which means there's just parts for all for, for all over the place. Yeah, you can find spare it's parts cheap, everywhere, and they're known for going. And they go and go and go. So, touch wood, this one does too, and I'm sure she will. Yeah, um, she's young too. She's only um, 125,000 k's, and they definitely do 500,000 k's and there's one in the mechanics um that was 870,000 k's and still going strong really so <laughs> anyway um, um well dimensions you asked dimensions yes. that is about 1.5 meters wide inside a little under and about 2.9 meters long okay um that's behind the sort of driving cabin. So that's the space that we had to work with. Yes. The interior space. Yes. 1.5 meters wide by 2.9 yeah. meters long. Give or take. Yep. Yeah. And how high? I mean, you we can't stand in it, by the way. So this is not a standing van. No, yeah, that's <laughs> um, So we, we've made it so that I can just sit on the bed and just have headway. Yeah. Um, but no, not poor bro. So it's not a standing van, guys. Um, all right, so when did our planning process really begin, would you say? Um, so we're now we're now mid-August. We set off about four weeks ago. Yeah. Um, you came to Australia um, in April. I think it all yeah. began then, really. Yeah. We, it was about three months. We started right away, I think, with, with ideas and research yep. and stuff like that. I think that was the hardest part of all of it, is deciding on what mm-hmm. you actually need on, on yeah. the inside, deciding on the, the, the right size of the batteries and solar panels and... And yep. everything that's going to go within, you know, fridge types and how much, how big you need and finding the right sink that's going to fit. And, and every, budgeting and kind of poising yourself to mm. investing in these, um, the finances of it. You don't just want to blow <laughs> um, hundreds on the wrong bad fridge, right? So, yeah, uh, that was quite nice. Um, I ducked home for uh, about a month in Bermuda and I came back and that's when we really got going, which was um, mid-June I came back. Um, and we did about three weeks full hog before we then took off, had a van warming, yeah. um, popped the champagne, sprayed her, christened her on the on the bow. <laughs> At Bondi? Um, in Bondi and, and took off. So Seems um, a long way away right now. It does, doesn't it? Um, so we shared pictures of the stages of the van do up and they're on my Facebook and Instagram vet Chloe. Um, a lot of time lapses there. We actually have more that we could share if we wished. Um, maybe we will in the future. Uh, but briefly, uh, bro, can you list the stages that we went through, um, to give us kind of a, a skeleton of the different disciplines and then we'll go through it a bit more in depth. Okay, sure. Um, well, we had these solar panels, these 100-watt solar panels and mm-hmm. roof racks, which we bought. So getting those solar panels up and out of the way of the interior was mm-hmm. paramount, first of all, just to give us a clear space. We got the solar panels up um, and fastened on like crazy to these roof racks on the top. Yeah. Um, the solar panel coming off on the highway is <laughs> probably one of my worst nightmares. Uh, so they are on Oliver's there. Oliver is also, from his background, a bit more safety aware than I am. Yeah, thanks, Dad. Shout out, 
Shout out to Dad. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Dad. Uh, roof racks first, nice clear space um, on the inside. Uh, we had some strange rusts on the floor, which yeah. the mechanics that we spoke to said they'd never seen before. But um, <laughs> It had lived by the coast its whole life, so yeah. yeah. A lot of wire brushing and getting rid of this sort of flaky rust on there, and then um, anti-rust paint. Yep. A um, couple of layers of that. Um, and then a top coat yep. on top of that just okay. to make it white again, just to give, give it a protective layer, stop the oxygen getting at it. Mm-hmm. Um, sound deadeners. It sound is deadeners? We'll like go a, through them all briefly, so maybe just list them out. Um, okay. Uh, sound deadeners. Yep. Uh, um, insulation around the outside. Yep. Um, carpentry. Gotcha. Floor and, and, and uh, boards around the outside to yep. sort of frame it in. That's going to be the most part to discuss. Yep. Um... Before that was placing the conduit, so we didn't cover it up by the bo- with the what boards. What is conduit? Uh, what you run the electrical wires through. Yeah, it's like this plastic tubing. Yeah. Plastic tubing that mm-hmm. that sparkies, yes. <laughs> um, air electrics, pl- pulling all the wires through that conduit. Um, yep. Plumbing and um, putting in a roof vent. Yeah. Um, water tank and furnishings and yeah. Soft furnishings, yeah. That's what I I was getting ahead of myself. I was like. I had like little glass bottles and all these little things, little trinkets to put up at the end, oh my which God. were a bit maddening to jostle around with us. Vel- um, Velcroed rocks from Namibia <laughs> on those shelves. And yeah, precious. <laughs> um, Oliver's pointing out I'm a bit of a hippie. Anyway, um, all right, so let's go through them one by one. Um, so you were mentioning a bit about the de-rusting, um, bit of uh, muscle work, grease work, right? Yeah, wire brush, getting all the sort of bubbly, flaky rusty crap off of it. Yep. Language. Uh, this excuse is... me. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, rust conversion spray. Yep. Uh, I think that yep, helps make it inert and yep. seals it from the air. And then a, a, a primer paint on top of that. Okay, just yeah. Just spray paint. It wasn't terribly important. No one's going to see it. It's covered up by the floor now, but just a sort of peace okay, of mind yeah. for us now that's great, great. completely covered. And, you know, like, even though that was just sort of mundane, um, you know, just scraping rust with a uh, metal brush, I was happy to do it because I actually had the option of getting someone to do the van for me. It would have cost maybe twice as much. Um, and, you know, he was going to do that for me. And that doesn't take any skill. You just got to, you know, roll up your sleeves and do it. And I actually wanted to put some sweat sweat into this, um, some love. You know, you actually, the feeling of building your own home makes it more yeah, homey, actually. So um, it was quite quite fun to do. Yeah. Um, so what is a sound deadener? How does this work? Yeah. So once the, once the rust was taken care of, we put in sound deadeners. I mean, it is... With all of the sort of interior stuff we've put in now, if you take that all away, it is just a sort of tin can. And, yeah. it, and it does, it, you know, birds walking on the roof or things <laughs> hitting the side or, you know, anything, it does sort yeah. of reverberate in that metal um, that the van is yeah. made of. So the sound deadeners kind of help stop those vibrations and yep. really make a big difference, actually. I'm glad we did that. Yeah, yeah. yep, definitely. Yeah, so they're all around. They're all they're, they're just sort of square and it's literally like vibration a, pads. Yeah, like a sticky rubber. And it's sort of like, um, you know, like how a drum would work, right? So it kind of is adding an extra layer um, just to sort of thump out that drumming of literally what it is, which is a um, can of metal. Um, so mm. that pigeons don't sound like... Um, uh, you know, little clippy <laughs> don't sound like dinosaurs uh, yeah. uh, jumping on the roof. So, uh, I was also worried that um, we wouldn't be able to hear the rain. We still do, so that's good. Um, so it's just a nice Maybe. level. <laughs> <laughs> um, great. So, um, 
What kind of insulation was used? Uh, we used that. Like, it's called insulator. It's the stuff that they wrap around yep. um, piping, stuff like that, as an initial one because it's nice and thin. Yep. Um, and then we ended up using uh, ceiling insulation, the sort of, uh, what do you call it, rock wall ceiling yeah. insulation that you put that people put in it's their ceiling. It's recycled glass and sand, I believe. Yeah, yeah? it's kind of a fiberglass uh, okay. stuff. Yeah. So one was quite rubbery, which we could stick, and then the other one's quite fluffy, the one that people are more probably yeah. able to visualize. Yeah. yeah. So when that got all stuck on the inside, it looked kind of like a Halloween van for a little <laughs> while. It looked really kind of spooky in there. <laughs> yeah, we, got, yeah, we had a spooky theme going on at that stage. Um, uh. I think if I was going to do... If, well, it's difficult to know. But a radiant barrier would be something that would be good. Right, yeah. There's you were sort of, I don't know about this. Yeah. There's sort of uh, aluminium uh, reflective sheets, but you need a bit more of a cavity between the hot metal and the, and the, and the radiant barrier, which helps reflect heat okay. away from the inside of the van. So that would help with heat. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's fine. It's, it's, it hasn't been it's hot. It's cozy, we're, isn't it? Yeah. We're in the middle of Queensland now, and it's... Hot okay. as hell, and it's fine. <laughs> Although it is their winter, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> August. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Australia is very varied. It can get very cold, very hot. So we're insulating ourselves against both conditions. Um, and it's done wonders. So insulation, don't forget it. Um, all right, so the fun part. Um, tell us more about the layout, the carpentry work. Um, uh, I know there's a lot to it, but maybe give us an overview and we can hash it out. Uh, yeah, because it's sort make of fun of my initial ideas. <laughs> pl pl plywood, plywood flooring, and there, I mean, we wanted to put, um, we wanted to put a sort of table area out the back, but we mm. realized when it comes to uh, a, such a small space like this, like you've got a half, half what you think you can fit, and then half it again. Half, 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 half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I was trying to insist to Chloe that we had to put the surfboards on the roof, but she. Mm. She was going to veto. I've, I'm going to veto that. The boards go inside. But, uh, oh, yeah, we had a um, funny line there. Um, <laughs> I was like, I take that on board, but I, I veto that idea. Yeah. It's a good thing they're not inside, but they work really well on the roof, tucked under the, under mm -hmm. the, under the roof racks, under the solar panels, so that works well. Um, but, yeah, the carpentry, I mean, there's, there's only so many layouts, and there's lots of people who have done these types of vans, and there's kind of a formula which works on a van this small, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of like the hard way. Like you get, you, you sit down with a pen and paper, and you um you draw it out your dream van. And um, I look back at my past drawings, and I just laugh. Like, yeah, no way could no I way. do that. What the, what the heck? Um, and so we actually did a clever thing, which was actually um the cardboard um sort of mock up, right? Yeah. Um, and I think in hindsight, you're saying you'd really do a proper proper one. We kind of did it. Um, Roughly, yeah. um, you know, cardboard to give you an idea of how high, so you can make headspace. Um, and yeah. there are these programs where you can do like a three D. Yeah, SketchUp SketchUp model would have been good on, on the, computer, the inside. Yeah. Um, but it's it sort of evolved organically, really. Yeah. There was lots of stuff that we wanted to fit in, and we as we were building it, we realized, you know, we we have to sacrifice yeah. certain things that we want. And yeah, um, probably the big change you say was that table idea fell through because I wanted to have um. So foot now it's space. just a bed. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to have foot, foot space. So you actually had like two benches on the side, foot space, and um, a pop-up and down table that could become the bed base or pop-up table. But you need storage, so we had to fill it in. We've got two drawers that pull out the back, yeah. um, and you can still sit in that area um, and sort of have a Japanese-style um, meal. Yeah. Um, 
But there's sort of two areas, isn't there? There's a sleeping area, and then what else have we got? Yeah, a forward sort of kitchen area with a sink and a sort of low um, bench where the cooker's kept under, and you can cook on top of that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it's, it's good to have the bench a little lower because I can sit with my Tell head. about the original idea yeah. or the actual original thing we did. And we built this. <laughs> we built a massive thing with like a pull-out. Well, the, the countertop folded back so you could cook inside on the cooker, and the cooker pulled out on a shelf so you could cook outside and it was up high and you couldn't climb through to the driver's seat and it was just this it was massive a monstrosity we were just drowning in our own carpentry <laughs> it was so claustrophobic yeah it was really claustrophobic so we've created a lot more space and we've cut that down by probably 75 percent mm-hmm. it's just the sink cabinet in the corner and a, and a nice little beechwood bench varnished beechwood bench um next to it so yeah, yeah it works well and everything's got to have a little space you know we have a little area for the battery we've got an area for a tub for all the kitchen stuff, a um, uh, little tub which is all our dry goods for groceries. Unfortunately, our fridge, although it's awesome because it's 55 liters, it's a bit big and a bit awkward. It's kind of um, a size where I can't sit on it and make clearance with my head. Um, but the good thing about having a Toyota Hiace, um, a, a low one, is that it can be a bit more stealth and a bit more unknown for being an actual camper. Yeah. Um, there are some which you just know people are living in it, so it's kind of nice to be a bit more incognito. Yeah. Um, we've got decals that are magnetic signs on the side with Beck Chloe, and it it looks pretty awesome with the um, the boards. And we'll get to the water tank on the top. There's actually a lot on the roof we can discuss. Yeah. Um, and where were we working on all this carpentry? Oh, we didn't have <laughs> we didn't have any any. Uh, families' houses, or you know, all of our friends live in small flats, so we didn't even have gardens to go and work in. So we spent a lot of time at Bunnings Warehouse. Woo-hoo! Uh, Shout out to Bunnings, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Spent Bunnings. thousands there, but um, now yeah. have a home. And they have a huge <laughs> underground car park, which is sheltered and lit until nine o'clock at night. And yeah. shout out to Bunnings, Alexandria. Yeah, it's right <laughs> underneath the giant Bunnings, the biggest Bunnings in Sydney. So we could always go upstairs to get things if we forgot them. It was a perfect, perfect space to work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was great. And and um, y- you know, we we kind of got our electrics running so we could plug in things, and we had um, some bare minimum tools. Right, we got um, an electric drill, um, a bandsaw. Did we have? That what you call it? Circular saw. Circular saw. Yeah, you really need remarkably few tools. For yeah, what we, did. we didn't need too much, did we? Um, Circular saw, drill, and that's all the power tools we had. That was it. Yeah. We borrowed a grinder at one point, but that's it. Yep. Oh yeah, we'll get to that. That was fun. Um, all right. So, um, what is involved in the electrics? That was... Well, first of all, what are the components needed? Maybe just list out the components. Um, we won't get too technical, but just give us an appreciation for, um, you know, lighting. Oh, I, or, I guess it, you everything can, that we can have. kind of consider it as two systems. There's the, there's the elements that give you power, so that's the alternator in the engine and the solar panels on the roof. Okay, yep. Um, that feed into a converter, a DC to DC converter. So the solar panels are your sunlight yeah. and then your um, alternator and your engine is actually when you're running your van it can be charging batteries yeah so yeah. Those, those are the elements that charge the batteries and then when you uh, want to power anything there's an inverter that changes the uh, DC power supply to AC mm-hmm. um, so you've got a 240 volt we have a 240 volt supply like you have in any household mm-hmm. um, and then there's the DC power which runs directly off of the battery so wires directly off the batteries that runs fans and lights and LEDs and mm-hmm. and for people like I'm going to be just um, tapping in with all the, the simple stuff I've learned is um, 
um, your normal power sockets at home are um, AC, alternating current, um, and DC, direct current, is um, actually requiring less energy. Um, you don't need to convert it. So we tried to run as much as we could off of DC directly from the batteries. But we obviously had to have a few outlets for AC um, for things like our computers to plug in. Yeah, charging um, laptops and stuff. Yeah, but and a have, Dyson vacuum cleaner, yeah. We have 232 times 130 amp hour deep cycle batteries. That yep. is more than enough. I don't think I've seen the battery supply go under yeah. 80%. Actually, everyone's always quite impressed with our battery sizes. <laughs> I went big. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we went big on that. Um, um, and so, yeah. Great. Yeah, we, have a lot of, we have a lot of power. Yeah. Which is nice to not have to worry about Yeah, ever. definitely. Um, and I would just like to do a shout out to Cousin Johnny for helping me determine the battery size. Um, basically, um, I wrote a table of all the appliances I want to run off and kind of had to do a bit of um, physics with, you know, uh, amps to watts and what I want to draw and therefore how big a battery size. Um, but all good life skills to have. Um, and also a shout out to Boz, uh, my great friend Boz here in Australia, um, for helping us kind of hook up hook up the wires. Um, and he really taught us well because on the road, um, probably a highlight for me was when we actually um, were able to hook up um, the fans we bought when things were getting hot um, and hook up our vent um, because we knew the skills of sort of stripping down the wire, attaching what was positive, negative. That was pretty cool, right? Yeah. It's actually surprisingly simple once you do it. It's, it's, it looks it looks so confusing when you write it all down and you've never thought about this type of thing yeah. before. But once you've done it once, it's 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 pretty clear now. Yeah. Um, all right. So skidding along. Um, sorry, guys, about being bogged down. But I, it, I I love discussing our project together. Um, so what is the plumbing setup? Give us a, a little brief rundown on that. Re- really simple. Uh, twenty liter freshwater tank uh, under the fridge with a pipe going into it. Under the sink. Sorry, under the sink. <laughs> Sorry. Um, that is... The fridge too big for anything to go under it. Yeah. Um, and then a little 15-liter uh, gray water tank, mm-hmm. which the uh, comes out the bottom of the of the drain. Uh, the water comes through the drain into the into the gray water tank, and it's just run with a little marine foot pump. Yeah, um, cool. That was a great idea. Yeah. So instead of... I don't know. Instead of having to pump it with your hand or install an electric water pump, we put in a little marine, uh, marine foot pump that... Works really well. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's so simple. It's literally just sucking by you pressing with your foot. Yeah, um, and yeah. it's like a straw going into the fresh water, comes out the tap, and then just drains into a funnel into the gray. It's yeah, and there's no uh, no worry of the pump burning out or anything <laughs> like that ever. It's always going to work. So, yeah, yeah, it's nice to have a simple water system like that. That was a bit of a puzzle, wasn't it? Remember all that <laughs> Bunnings going up and down the aisle, talking to all the different guys? Oh, my God, it got so elaborate. <laughs> all point. the different connections and things? It got so elaborate, <laughs> and then it's so basic now that it's in there. It works we kept getting, perfectly. Go to aisle 57. Go to aisle 8. Go to, oh, <laughs> oh yeah. God, back and forth. Oh, Lord. Um, but, yeah, we got there. That was great. Um, all right. So, um, cutting a hole in the roof. You mentioned how we had to borrow a... Um, um, a grinder. Grinder, yeah. Um, uh, what was that like? Uh, and just explain what was involved in that, because that was a bit, a bit terrifying, putting a big, big hole in the roof. Yeah, we bought the vent, and I think we ke- we kind of kept putting it off and off and <laughs> off, because cutting a hole in your ceiling is kind of scary. Um, but actually, it was remarkably easy once once you sort of bit the bullet and found the spot and measured it out and got it cut through. Yep. Um, we just put it. We we cut it just right. It's pretty easy with a with a grinder and inserted the 
patch and it works works great. Yeah. We had the wires already ready for to take the extractor fan, to pick up the extractor fan from the yep to power the extractor fan from the batteries and it works great. Yeah, and to seal it all up. Yeah, seal it all up and screwed it all in and it looks good. Does it good and it's great. I mean, if you talk to any van life people, they say got to have a vent because it just takes out all the heat um, as soon as you open it up. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. <laughs> it's very important. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the more you have these skills of being around tools, you just have more confidence of just, let's just do it. Let's just commit, you know. Yeah. Um, but sparks are flying and, uh, yeah, it, it was a bit intimidating to have this chunk of metal taken out. Yeah. Um, Cool. Um, and we kind of mentioned a little bit at the start, but yeah, we had actually had this um, uh, tubing for all the wires to go through. So we actually had string and we were pulling the wires all through. We kind of um, maybe um, ideally you kind of do the electrics along with the carpentry, but we did the carpentry and then prepared for our electrics and ran it all through. So um, that's just a bit of um, going going back to clarify. Um, okay, so... Um, so my favorite part was probably making our water tank. Remember me bickering you to do that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but actually, you had a great idea for that um, and the materials that we used. Um, we have a really cool, well, my favorite Instagram time lapse of that on our Instagram, yeah. Bet Chloe. But um, uh, tell us about, uh, about that, because water is important, especially when you travel up north. Yeah. I mean, we've been getting away with, with, without too much water so far, but we definitely we didn't have enough space to, to have a big water tank inside, so we had to get it on the roof. Yep. Um, so we got a big... 150, 150, 200 mil PVC pipe. Yep, that was it. Yeah, uh, and and put that on the roof. Um, that was the, cool. The glue. Oh, I know. Well, we needed to. <laughs> we had to cut it into pieces and get extra connector points for it because we were worried that um, <laughs> water in a big long tube along the top of the roof would 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 slosh. So when you hit the brake, the water would slosh forward, and when you hit the gas, it would slosh backwards, and would just make the van yeah. feel funny as you're driving. Yeah, so Mr. Safety came in. Yeah. Yeah. So we cut. We cut the van. Sorry, we cut the uh, PVC pipe into three pit three bits, um, and put some uh, mesh baffles in yeah. it. And it was just fly screen, wasn't it, that we yeah, used? Yeah, mesh fly screen baffles to just stop the water from being able to flow from the very back to the very yeah. front and make this make it slosh. So there's three different baffles in there that really help yeah. slow the water. I feel like we were just kids working with, like, big, um, you know, play blocks. Because basically you had these, like, plastic tubes. And then you, you cut little squares of the mesh, um, <laughs> put it over the tubes with the connectors, and layer it with glue that special glue yeah, that PVC and glue. then sort of hammer it on and then it sets within like seconds you've got to be kind of careful yeah but i was just laughing because i remembered how um when we were talking to the buddings guy i say is this good for drinking yeah but what i meant was he held not up the glue and was like drinkable <laughs> <laughs> they looked I like what I didn't, no sometimes i don't clarify what that's going on in my head what i meant was you can drink the water that's exposed to the dry glue. <laughs> Not you can. Can you drink this glue? <laughs> and the guys looked at each other like, uh, "No, I don't think so. This says poison on it." Do, do, definitely don't drink it. Oh, anyway, oh, barrels of laugh, eh, bro? Delirious, <laughs> getting through this project. It was so much work. Do not underestimate it. There were some yeah. many hours. I mean, the late nights. You know, 10, 12 hour days, really hacking away at it, um, going beyond your starvation. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my favorite part was actually uh, all the soft furnishings of it. Um, and if you're if you're interested, you know, how do you have a home that's moving around? So you become inventive. So we got like heavy duty Velcro, which is underneath um, candles and bottles and our like oil diffuser, and um, that sticks things down really nicely. 
Um, also elastic for keeping uh, the books on the shelves. So we have little gold hooks that are um, put into the pine and elastic holds the, the books in, which is good. Um, also, we made a series of uh, nets to hang our clothes in. Yeah. Um, they're pretty funky, aren't they? Yeah, storage. Um, storage is key. Storage is key. So um, has it been... Uh, and also, I didn't mention... Um, I don't think you really told us about with the carpentry. You have these... Uh, it was a great idea. It looks so cool. The um, the pine um, wood boards. Floorboards. Floorboards all the way around the inside. Yeah, that covered up the insulation. Yeah. If you're going to do a van, I really suggest you do that. Do the floorboards. Because um, they're so cool. Because they all kind of puzzled in together and they tongue make and this tongue and groove floorboards yeah all the way around yeah tongue and groove it's we stained them a little bit of off-white mm -hmm. uh, which makes it lighter inside good that idea was sis thank you yeah and it, it makes it turns it from living in a metal van into sort of some sort of Swedish bathhouse <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was okay without having it Oliver's like no it looks too butch I was like mm, okay so no, it does it, let's, it, it's, let's give it it makes it much softer inside and warmer yeah, it's, and it's a lot nicer space than, a, than a metal metal and I mean, I guess that's why you um, enjoy design, because it, you know, your space gives you a certain mood and a certain experience. And I must say, um, now that Layla's all spruced up, it's, um, it's it, she's different. Yeah, yeah she's much improved. Soft yeah. furnishing, bright, bright white wood. It's nice, lighter wood. <laughs> So has it, give us a taste of, um, uh, so we had a, had a van warming, um, we christened her, we celebrated, friends came and saw her, um, that was uh, lots of fun to share it with others. Yeah. Um, um, before we go into the living experience of it, just to explain what's on the roof, um, we have uh, roof racks with surfboards, um, we have this water tank which also has um, like a little tap on one end that you could potentially shower at, um, we're going to use it more when we get into more water um, strict areas um, but it also has a vent um, and the solar panels so there's actually a lot going on on the roof yeah. <laughs> just wanted to clarify um, so has it been comfortable living in the van Oliver? Very comfortable it takes a little bit of an adjustment mm -hmm. but it's very comfortable nice foam mattress um, warm inside, lots of light with the LEDs all the way, LED strip along the length oh, yeah. of it. yeah, we didn't talk about that. That's one of the cool things, right? We can dim it, too. Yeah. Dimmer. Dimmer LEDs. Thank you, Boz. Which makes it, <laughs> makes it, makes it really nice, because they are pretty damn bright when they're on full full bore, but it's nice to have that much light inside. Yeah. Um, super comfortable. I've, I'm, I love it. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously constrained, but it's, it's really comfortable and nice. Yeah. And you realize how little you need. Literally, you just you wake up, you need a toothbrush, you need your toothpaste, you need your pajamas, you need like a set of shorts and shirts, swimsuit, like speaker. sunny speaker for bro, most important, yeah. Um, but, and, and like, you know, some shoes, and like you're good to go. Yeah. Yoga mat for sis. Anyway, it's, it's surprising how many little, you need a mug. I don't know, it's just, it, it is really minimalist. Um, and, um, you know, uh, Carpentry-wise, what you thought you could do, really half it down. But same for all your stuff. Just half, 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 and just keep, keep, keep um, paring down. Yeah. Um, so have things changed since we've been living in it? Because, um, you know, uh, I guess in it. things have become more ref refined. Mm -hmm. we, uh, we've we've thrown away quite a lot of stuff again. Yeah. We've slowly been getting rid of things that we thought we needed and clearing more and more space as we realize the space is more important than the stuff. Yeah. Which is nice. The actual livability of the van is more important than the actual things that yeah. we thought we need, but you don't. So it's been, yeah. It's, I guess it's, it's become more comfortable the more used to it we've gotten. Yep. Yep. Um, definitely. Fasting things down and. 
And yeah. I think um, finding everyone's, every place's spot, because um, once you live in it, you start to realize what you use a lot and where things should be kept. And then it makes living in it so much nicer when you know where things are. You can just yeah. find things yeah. and you're not living on top of yourself. Yeah, yeah, cool. And so, bro, what was your favorite part of doing this? Favorite part? I th- probably putting the, the, the wooden paneling, the, the, the floorboards all the way around mm. the inside. Because yeah. like I said, it looked like a Halloween van with all of that <laughs> ceiling insulation <laughs> hanging on the inside. It looked, it was sort of terrifyingly, looked terrifying for a little while. But when, once the uh, wooden paneling was done all on the inside after we'd whitewashed the boards, it, it, it suddenly transformed into a completely different space. Yeah. Um, that was probably the the, the, yeah. the the afternoon of most impact in changing the way it, Visually, it felt. Visually, big change, yeah. And actually, yeah. I think that's why I made you... Um, mention it before because that probably is one of my favorites too yeah yeah that was a satisfying afternoon yep yeah or day and then also our um our electrics day yeah that was probably the next the next (laughs) eight hours with boz yeah eight hours working on electrics oh uh running wires and getting lights hooked up and things like that but yeah when the lights turned on and lit up that nice wooden interior it Mm. really uh felt like it was it was a it was something she looks luxury she yeah, does. She does. She looks lux. People were impressed. <laughs> um, <laughs> another question. What was a surprise or came as a surprise, good or bad, just unexpected during this process? Uh, I think maybe um, putting in the roof the roof hatch after putting mm. it off for so long and being so freaked out about doing that. It actually yeah. really wasn't a big deal. Um, yeah. Gave so me a nice surprise. It was a nice surprise, yeah. <laughs> Gave me more confidence with working with tools like that and not worrying about things like that. Now that it's, I've done it once, there's a couple things I might have done a little differently yeah. for the next time. But yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's, that, that was that was a nice surprise yeah. to have that in, and it was a really satisfying moment because it allows a lot more light into the van and allowed a lot more air in, and it was yeah, mm. that was the moment. That Game was a good changer. Moment. Yeah. No, I was I was um, proud of you just. Uh, um, sticking to your guns and just doing it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, um, are we I was going a bit more unsure of what was going on. We're gonna do this. Okay. Um, yeah, great. I mean, so you know, we're gonna wrap up the van part and probably touch on another topic just to end our podcast. But sure. you know, uh, yeah, guys, just think about it. We have um, a really livable van. We've got um, comfy bed, storage. We've got water. We've got electrics, which can run our fridge, fan, vent got dimmer switches, lights, um, plug-in things. Um, we're never out of charge for our phones or Sink and a, f- and a fridge to keep things. Yeah. So, yeah, we are. So, and, and, and it's, it's running nicely on its wheels. So, um, she's great. Um, and personally, I am absolutely loving the van life. Um, and the natural move from this, which I can see, is a tiny home. Oliver mentioned this at the start, and I actually got into this from you, this kind of idea. Um, starting to become more of a thing um, here in Australia. Um, can you explain a bit about a tiny home? What is a tiny home? It's a, 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 a really, I'm not sure the exact dimensions, but a tiny home, it's a movement that started, um, well, it's not a new movement living in small spaces, really, but the actual tiny house movement, the sort of modern ones, started post the financial crash mm. in 2008, all of the, the mortgage crisis in the U.S. and a lot of people saying they don't want to have a mortgage and they want to live more within their means and not spend the rest of their lives paying off um, uh, for a house and, you know, spending a lot on electricity they don't need and having stuff they don't need. So it's a sort of backlash against uh, consumerism and big banks and it's a very cool way to live, I think. 
it's kind of cool because it came out of a crisis, right? Um, having to think outside the box. Um, yeah. But now people do it out of choice, um, even if they can afford a big mortgage. Yeah, it's become more of a lifestyle thing than a necessity. It's less to look after, less to pay for, mm-hmm. less less to worry about. So it's appealing. It's an appealing lifestyle. And from what I understand, you say it has to be on wheels to make it a tiny home. Is that also a definition or no? Uh, the course I did was, w- he, he was quite adamant about it. It was a tiny house on wheels course. Okay. So, I mean, you'll get tiny houses that aren't on wheels. But um, they have to be movable. Is that a definition of a tiny house or no? No. The okay. one, the, the course that he was doing was a course on tiny house on wheels. Okay. So, I mean, the way that you get around a lot of the planning uh, restrictions is by putting it on wheels, which okay. makes it classed as a road vehicle. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like a, it's, it, it is a camper van, but it's a tiny house on, yep. on wheels, basically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you don't you, you don't need a, a a planning permit or or development application to get it to to start it. You don't have to abide by a lot of the planning regulations. You can just you can build what you want. Mm, yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, and I guess you know legalities might catch up to the tiny home movement because um, there are always yeah um, we're to consider we're in an interesting time. Yeah, sweet actually, spot right now with that in I, Australia. Anyway. In Australia, yeah. Um, I'd love for you to talk about that as well. Um, but you did mention the course you did. Um, it was a pretty intensive weekend, wasn't it? Can you tell us a bit about what you learned there as a highlight or a main um, takeaway that you could share with us? Um, it was four modules. It was uh, everything to do with trailers, um, going off-grid, um, where to put a tiny home. Mm-hmm. And the fourth module was how to build a tiny home. Cool. Um, I think the, the part I liked the most was the going off-grid element of mm-hmm. it so that was all to do with like exactly like what we've been doing with our van here so that was deep cycle batteries and solar panels and different ways of mm-hmm. powering your home and getting yourself mm. off grid and being self-sufficient in a and house and you'd already done that with the van so you could kind of keep up with the concepts and yeah, yeah. help compound all that knowledge and was a really interesting um part of it yeah. a, a really really cool it's something satisfying with not having to rely on a power grid yeah and that was also good timing. That was the, the last weekend before we took off. So yeah. um, when the project was was un, was done. Um, so in Yapoon, we also met up with a tiny home contact you made. Um, this is a little little town um, further south from where we are now. Can you tell our listeners a little more about that? Um, the guy we met and yes. something you learned there? Called Rob Gray, a bit of a nomadic type guy. He built this thing. It's a converted army truck that he's made into a little, a little, well, like a, a camper van, or it's, it's big enough to be a kind of tiny home, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, huge army truck, and it's called the What the Hell Is That? So you can look it up. Spelt one word just like that. What the hell is that? Uh, pretty cool, massive army truck camper conversion. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And we were given a, a tour of it. Um, I love that sort of high deck balcony area. Is that what he called it? Yeah, yeah. The big, deck. big deck balcony out the back, and. Um, Every, yeah. Everything you need. I mean, it's got a bathroom and everything. Much It's got more, much more than ours. Showers. and I mean, yeah. for us, for example, if you're wondering about that kind of thing, like we've got these solar panel, um, uh, panel, uh, not panel, um, like solar bags that will just heat up. They're black um, on the roof and give you warm water. We've actually yet to use them because we've always been near coastal places. So there's always um, showers nearby because um, it's an outdoor lifestyle here in Australia. So that's easy. Um, yeah, great. Um, so, would you like to have a converted van or a tiny home one day? Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Did I need to ask? No, I don't think so. It's, it's, I, it's, I'm moving closer towards my goal. So, it was nice to do this one, and um, I'm not sure what's next. But I was actually looking up different types of vans to convert. Mm. Um, anyway. 
dot dot dot. Yeah. Watch this space. Yeah. Um, but is there is there anything else you'd like to to mention um, before we wrap up? I don't know. Don't think Maybe so. Maybe just encourage people to get involved, eh? Yeah, I'd encourage people to get involved in, <laughs> the fun, in, eh? in this type of thing. This lifestyle is really nice. So much freedom. And if they have questions, they can harass you, eh? You can harass me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what are the benefits? You're just listing them now. Freedom and lifestyle. Uh, not having to... You don't really have to worry about a hell of a lot. Um, not a lot of stuff to worry about. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a quite a, a, a carefree lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Moment. And now we're enjoying it, aren't we? Yeah, so it's nice to have Reaping this the after, after a hectic build period, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so as you can see, I have a very talented, generous, and fun bro. Um, yeah, he has been a great companion um, for my wildlife interests. Um, we've seen a lot together. Um, yesterday, we were actually seeing the loggerhead turtles here in Early Beach. Um, which was awesome. Hundreds of them. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, bro is into it just as much as I am. Too many turtles. <laughs> that was a joke the guy was saying. Sorry, guys, there's just too many turtles. He was That's apologizing. My joke. Oh, your joke? He was copying me. <laughs> oh, God, he said it so many times. <laughs> yeah. He was trying to he clean it. it. <laughs> oh. um, so, um, Oliver, as I do for all my podcast interviews, um, my wrap-up question is, how do you stay inspired? How do I stay inspired? Um, I think at the moment, uh, what's inspiring for me is freedom and, and mobility. So um, if van life and the tiny house movement can create that kind of lifestyle for me, um, that's what I like to pursue at the moment. So there's all sorts of interesting design and creative ways to make that happen. So that's what's, what's driving me at the moment. Yeah, awesome. I would concur. <laughs> so thank you for being on the show. Yeah, um, thanks for having me. Bro, and um, thank you for sharing all your knowledge and for sharing this great project together. It's been great um, all along. And may the adventures continue. May they continue. Thanks, guys. Thanks, sis. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed me and Oliver's chat and learned a bit more on the behind the scenes for Layla. Perhaps you feel inspired to do one up yourself. If you have any questions on van conversion, please Facebook message me on VetChloe or email me on info at VetChloe.com. Bro and I will be very happy to get back to you. Perhaps Facebook at the moment is best because my work email is playing up a bit, um, but that will be sorted soon. And after our interview, I did take some more recent pics of Layla, and I will share those on Instagram, VetChloe, as well as in the show notes on the website, VetChloe.com. Unfortunately, the show notes attached to the podcast app cannot share pics, so check out those other ways to have a look at them. And if you like this show, I would be most grateful if you could tell a friend, subscribe, or rate and review on iTunes. It all helps. Next episode, I will have hopefully secured an interview with the very passionate and very informative Alison Mason, an ex-journalist I met at the Early Beach Markets who had a stall about Stop Adani. If you're in Australia, I am sure you've heard of this campaign, a grassroots movement to stop the approval of a dirty coal mine that will trash indigenous rights and the environment, particularly the Great Barrier Reef. Frustratingly, the media often does not feed us the correct information, so tune in and find out the real deal uh, if you want to understand this incredibly important issue of our times. And it was this campaign in particular that got me fired up and angry, actually, to take action and jump in my van and feel and become more a part of the environmental movement. It will definitely be an eye-opening interview and worth making the effort to tune in. Uh, till then... Stay kind, and I'll see you at the next stop. <laughs>